but I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. You did, you did a little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's right, Brett Walsh. you got to execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That is what we do on this show. Welcome to the 9 by 9 boys and girls. The 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. My name is Rob St. Clair from Chicago. That is my good friend Everett DeLorme from north of the border in Toronto. Everett, we are about halfway through pool play at the 2022 Women's World Championship. And it, there have been a lot of matches played. <laughs> I'll definitely start there. Uh, there have been many, many, many matches played. Uh, we'll get into some of the good ones, and we'll get into just kind of how the pools are shaking out so far. Uh, but let's let's kind of start a little more generally. What are your thoughts so far on the the early the early goings of the women's world championship this year, especially the uh, the the three gym, the three courts in one arena in the Netherlands is certainly an interesting move. It is an interesting move, but I kind of like it. It. This 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 tournament feels much more like a world championship. It feels much more le- legitimate. Just the whole fanfare around it and every, everything they're doing compared to what happened uh, in Slovenia and uh, Poland a month ago. And I know there's different sin- sin- situations here that the Netherlands had much more of a chance to uh, prepare for it. Um, but still, it just seems like a little bit more like a like a world championship. And so everything I'm seeing from that venue looks kind of pretty cool. I'm I'm kind of into it. I'm I'm actually surprised that you said that because I feel very much differently. I, I think it's really yeah. I, I think it's it feels much less like a world championship even than the men's. I think it feels like a glorified like. I mean, how how many hours have you and I combined spent in convention centers with fifty courts and then at like juniors tournaments? This is what it feels. That's what it feels like to me. I do not like it for a world championship. I mean, they still have good stands. Like they, there's there's still good crowds for it. Like it it. It, it's got all the setup that that you would want. But I mean, during, and I mean, I've seen... during Italy versus Belgium, I shouldn't be able to hear the national anthems of Cameroon and Kenya, the court next to it. Like that, that that's crazy. The 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 sound crossover pollution makes the broadcast really weird. I guess, but you know, we have that in other sports. Like there's there's tennis that 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 has that, and you know, I mean, gymnastics that you've got different events going on all at the same time. So I, I I don't I don't really mind it as much. I think they're 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 still doing a pretty good pretty good job uh, I think my might be maybe a little bit better break it down a little bit uh, break it down a little bit um so you're not making games every hour that to me is just a little is a little crazy maybe give a, a little bit more time but yeah ultimately I'm, I'm not too i'm not too i'm not too dissatisfied with it Okay, well, we, uh, we we lost you for a split second there because your internet. But then you came back, so Everett is dealing with some internet issues. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes throughout the rest of the show. Uh, but I mean, as a, as an attempt at a segue, I mentioned Italy versus Belgium earlier today, and that's kind of where I want to start the show. So what we're gonna do is not go chronologically like we did for the men's. We go day by day because there were we we did like less days between shows and there were less matches per day in this tournament there are just way too many matches going on that i think it makes the most sense for the flow of the show to go by pool so that's what we're going to do and we're going to start in pool a and pool a honestly has has gone really quite as expected so far 
it's the only pool where a couple of the teams have played three matches. Actually, almost all of them. Uh, the Netherlands and Puerto Rico, the only ones that have not yet played their third match. Uh, they take on one another tomorrow. Um, but sure enough, Italy at the top of the pool, kind of like we all expected. The Netherlands and Belgium right behind them, uh, looking like those three teams will make it out of the pool pretty easily. And then exactly like we talked about on the preview show, one of those three remaining teams, Kenya, Puerto Rico, or Cameroon, is going to get out of this pool, and they're probably not going to deserve it, but it is what it is. So uh, the matches in this pool that have happened so far, I mean, there really hasn't been much that's been good. Uh, the Netherlands destroyed Kenya in like a ceremonial kind of opening match on day one. Um, I did want to bring up that Italy beat Puerto Rico uh, 3-0, but two of the sets went to extra points. And that's only because uh, Italy played most of the bench the entire time. But the match I definitely do want to talk about ever is the one from today. Italy versus Belgium was the first like legitimately competitive match of, among good teams we've had in this pool. And uh, while I would argue that a lot of this tournament has been pretty boring so far and a lot of the matches you could summarize in reading about them for 30 seconds, this one was anything but. This one had a little bit of everything. This one was a back and forth. It was a battle through and through. Um, there, And, and it, it had two distinct halves. There was one point. There was one point, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, Belgium's about to go two zero or up two one on, on Italy." They're looking good here. They're dominating. Like, is this going to be? And we talked about it a little bit last in last week's show that Italy does have that potential to kind of turn off. And I said I wouldn't be surprised if they lost a match to one of these teams in this pool. And I was I was feeling like a genius at that point. And I was like, <laughs> "Look at this. Here we go. Look at me go." You know, I'm I'm, I'm making all the calls, but then. It just changed in like in in an instant. Everything changed, and we went from seeing Belgium being dominant on the precipice of upsetting Italy to them just being complete shells of themselves and complete completely disappearing. I mean, and like if it wasn't like they 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 made a comeback in the second two one the first made a comeback in the second push it to extras had Italy at on the ropes like up. 24 20 multiple match points and they just froze like that sure italy turned it on but the end of the day to me like belgium just froze yeah this match is all about belgium to me uh so just to before we get into it more italy wins the match three sets to one uh 21 25 belgium took the first italy survives the second 30 to 28 they come back and win 29 27 in the third and then the fourth 25 to nine single digits Single digits for Belgium in the fourth. That is not a good look. I don't care who you're playing or what tournament it is. And there was uh, a, oh my goodness! Sorry, th- there was a moment. So at, at the end of that, uh, in, in in between that twenty four twenty and moving to the uh, to the Italy win there in the in the third, there was a lot of balls that went to Britt Herbots, and she didn't make it happen. And whenever it went to anyone else, there was there's other things. Right after Italy took. Uh, that third set, Herbots grabbed her team. And to be honest, I think it was a mishandled moment by Herbots. She looked frustrated. She looked upset. Her teammates looked shell-shocked. You couldn't really hear what she was saying, but it didn't look positive. It didn't look uplifting. It looked more along the lines of, hey, we need to get this. Like, we need to not mess up in moments like that. And it really showed as Belgium. They, it was a 7-1 run for Italy to start the fourth, and they never looked back. Like It was a shell of a Belgian, a, a Belgian team in that fourth set. 
Yeah, and you're right. It was it was a tale of kind of two halves of the match because, like we, like you said, Belgium took the first. They were looking pretty good. Uh, Italy was looking just a little bit sleepy, just like you said might be possible on the show last week. And then Italy seems to right the ship. They go up 24-19 in the second, but then Belgium storms all the way back. And that was that was kind of crazy, uh, including an ace served by Britt Herbots at 23-24 down to tie it. Uh, and then there was that play. I can't remember exactly what the score was, but Belgium thought that a ball was down on their set point that was not. And they thought they had won the set and the play was allowed to continue. And uh, Italy won the point. Italy ended up taking the set. And that that was the beginning of the mental break a little bit. But what where it was really bad was being up, Belgium being up 24-19 in the third and letting that one slip away. That was very, very tough to watch. And we talked about it all summer. We, we, we feel bad for Belgium, the injustice that was done to them by being relegated from VNL despite not finishing in last. Then they lose in the finals of Challenger Cup to Croatia in Croatia. But this whole time, we've criticized their play style because they have a top five outside hitter in the world, and they set her every single ball. She, every Britt ball. Herbots, had 80 attempts today. 8-0. 80 attempts in a four-set match is the biggest number I have ever seen and probably will ever see again. That is the most laughably lopsided offensive distribution I have ever seen. And the crazy thing about it is that I kept like freaking out when in a long rally they would chuck Britt Herbot's four high balls in the same rally. And then, but every time I got mad about that, as soon as they would set somebody else, they would hit the ball straight into the net or out of bounds. It was crazy. I almost don't even blame them for playing that style because there was nothing else that they could do towards the end of it there. And then when you put that all together, you get a set that ends 25 to nine. Yeah. I mean, they were just bad in, in that, that yeah. set. They just, they weren't. Battle. That's the difference between teams of the best of the world, and kind of the pretender teams. And that's exactly kind of what that's exactly what Belgium is. They're they're a pretender team. They can yes, pull they out are. some good performances, right? And they have Britt Herbots, who, as you said, is a, is a top five outside in the world. And I mean, I know some people even rate her higher than that. Um, and there was at times where she looked absolutely world class in this one, just absolutely unbelievable. But at the end of the day, like she, she, uh, she broke down a little bit. You could tell. And this, there's only wasn't... so much she can do. There, she's taking. 100%. 80 swings. I mean, somebody just brought it up in the chat. I don't know how Britt Harbots handles the amount of balls she has to swing out. I think she's going to get hurt. I mean, yeah, last summer at the international team season, she did get hurt. She tore an abdominal muscle and barely played this club season because of it. And that's the, the, the risk that she's running, taking that many swings. Her, her final stat line, 28 points, 27 for 80 attacking. I just can't even believe the number 80 is a real thing. 11 errors, yeah, 200, 200 efficiency only. That's just not that good. And that's because a team of Italy's caliber is smart enough to know where the ball's going and to set up their block and defense against Britt Herbots. Like that, that run, that it, exactly. That run that, that Italy went on at the end of the third set where they came back from 1924 down was a rotation when they were serving and Britt Herbots was in the back row. And every single ball in or out of system of Belgium went to the pipe. Every ball went to Britt Herbots on the pipe. Italy had two, usually three blockers up against it. Good touches, easy digs, ran it back down their throats. They made it look way too easy. And speaking of blocking, Ana Danesi, seven yeah, blocks exactly. by herself. I mean, that, that's, 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 it's because of the matchup. It's because Belgium is so one-dimensional. They can only go to one player to score points to the tune of 80 attempts. 
And, and I mean, that, not but not only is Belgium uh, one dimensional, but so is Britt Herbots in those situations. Like she was, and Danesi was getting her in every single time on it. And it, it. She just she just didn't have many shots, and I don't know if it was due to the the quality of the set or maybe just a lack of of offensive shots in general. But yeah. It, she was feasting. Denise was just Denise was pre, like almost psychic as to where her bots was going throughout this match. Uh, they were club teammates, uh, so that might certainly have something to do with it. Or no, were they? No, uh, Monza, Novara. Never mind. I don't think they overlapped. Yeah. But, uh, did, but they, regardless, they've seen each other a lot over each the other past, a lot. past few years, right? Seen each other a lot. Yeah, sixteen points for Denise. A middle blocker is a lot. Uh, nine kills and seven blocks is insane. Uh, we've got to talk about the best player in the world, uh, Paula Egonu. Thirty-one points in this one. 27 for 56 attacking. That's also a lot of attempts, but not quite as egregious as 80. Uh, 267 efficiency only for Agonu. Uh, 12 errors is a few too many, uh, but four blocks. Uh, most of those on her bots, so that certainly helps um, her Her and Danesi as a blocking combo is just downright scary. And uh, yeah, Italy had they were looking like they were sleepwalking a little bit here. They turned it on at the right time. They really just put their foot on Belgium's throats in that one particular matchup that they could exploit. And then you wind up with a fourth set score of 25 to nine. And that's the only set that Italy's dropped in the tournament so far is that is that very first set of the match today. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Um, As for Ogonu, I mean, I think that this is like what we're going to see from her. She She doesn't need to turn on the Jets just yet. You know, she can casually score, what, 31? Without really needing to try with with you know make still making a boatload of errors, she doesn't really need to dial it in. Um, but Italy as a team, I think, is they're playing at times they're looking really good. At times they're looking a little a little sketchy. And, and I mean, I know they haven't played as many. Uh, this this team isn't many. Just uh, going, they're going to do some more sitting against against uh, uh, Kenya and Cameroon. But ultimately, like I'm. I'm I'm liking the early goings of this Italian team. And I'm very interested to see how they progress throughout the tournament. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good point. Egonu doesn't have to be her greatest yet. Uh, and actually, when it was required at certain points in this match, she and her entire team were able to turn it on. I think that kind of is a good sign because, like we said in the show last week, this tournament is a marathon, not a sprint like the men's tournament. You've got to approach it totally differently. So... Uh, anything else about that match before we move on to kind of look at the rest of the pool? No. I'll, uh, I'll take Everett's static freeziness as a no oh. and, and kind of look at this a little bit more. Yeah, no, that, that, that's buddy. it. You're, Sorry. You're, you're, hopefully, your internet's uh, in and out. Sorry. No, not not your fault. You said they were messing around with the internet in Toronto, so is what it is. Uh, let's let's take a look at what else is going on the rest of this week in this pool. I actually should be able to put this on the screen. Let's see if we have that sort of technology. Uh, oh, we do. There we go. Hey, cool. Look at that. All right. So uh, up to that point, there's the matches that were today. Uh, by by the way, we were listening to that this Cameroon versus Kenya, the battle for Africa. Uh, earlier, that was kind of overlapping with Italy Belgium a little bit, and in the Discord, I called it the cookie game because uh, both of these teams are thanks for participating tier and all the winner will receive is a cookie. So congratulations to Kenya on their cookie. Um, the rest it, it of... was, I do agree it was the cookie game. However, it was one of the most entertaining games I've watched so far. I can't believe you watched that match. Uh, credit to you it for was, doing that. It was, I, I thought it was, as I said, it was pretty entertaining. Um, I mean, I'm entertaining to the part that I did fall asleep a little bit through it. 
that sounds pretty sounds pretty entertaining yeah it was to watch teams kind of like like that go at get at each other it was uh you could tell there's a lot on the line for them awesome uh so coming up next in this pool we've got the netherlands taking on puerto rico tomorrow yeah tomorrow uh italy kenya don't bother uh puerto rico cameroon that might decide who gets fourth, but honestly don't bother that much. Then we get to some good stuff. Uh, the Netherlands versus Belgium, a battle of those neighbors uh, in the Netherlands will be pretty fun. That's on Friday. And then skipping ahead to Sunday, we got the Netherlands versus Italy. So uh, those are really the only two big remaining matches in this pool, in my opinion. Uh, so Netherlands versus Belgium, Netherlands versus Italy will be good. All three of those teams, Italy, the Netherlands, and Belgium, are going to make it out of this pool. I think everyone is on the same page about that. Yeah, and as we talked about it last week, it doesn't really matter if you finish first or fourth, right? Because you're going to be playing the exact same set of teams uh, in the next round. All it really does is, uh, I guess it, I, I guess it does get you points for for the round after that. But still, um, yeah, interesting here. But uh, yeah, those three teams move on. I think Puerto Rico is going to move on. I think they're better than both uh, Kenya and Cameroon. I think they are too, but we haven't really seen anything yet to tell us exactly what puerto rico is so we'll find out the next couple days uh let's move on everett to the pool of death this is the one pool that i think has been the most competitive all the way around uh, with the exception of korea i'm talking about pool b uh we've got right now we've got the dominican republic who has yet to drop a set uh they're looking good so far six and oh in sets but they haven't played anybody good yet they did have a nice win uh 3-0 versus croatia today uh right behind them is poland uh since this pool uh moved it for some reason, they forced the, the they forced Poland, who's co-hosting the tournament, to play a match in the Netherlands before bringing the pool back to Poland. Uh, Poland looks great so far. We'll talk about their match today in a minute. And then right there in the middle, Everett, you called it, dude. I thought that Turkey was going to 3-0 Thailand. But sure enough, in a rematch of VNL, uh, the first round of VNL finals, uh, Thailand shocks the world. And probably the only meaningful upset in the tournament so far, Thailand beats Turkey in five. Uh, Everett, I will I will give you your soapbox to brag about calling this on last week's show. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, to me, it was just kind of obvious. I think Turkey has the tendency to choke uh, from from time to time, and it was either they were going to prove me right or they're going to prove me severely wrong. Right? Either either they were going to lose to Thailand or they were going to crush them. You know, easy three nothing, kind of like what Poland did today. And I mean, to to me, that was an even more interesting result, just due to the the previous win uh, by Thailand over over Turkey. But you know what? It, it discredit to me though. I said that if you had a player like Baladine on the left side who was going to throw down a casual, like a good amount of points, like a good amount of double digits, get into the double digits. Kurt dropped 24, but Baladine had 17. Um, Aiden had 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 12. So you have you you have those 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 athletes coming out. But at the end of the day, uh, Chuan with 33 points just absolutely was ridiculous for uh, um, for Thailand and and this one only 22 22 years old, 28 points, um, 20 or sorry 33 points, 28 for 55. 28 for 55 like that's up there that's up there with the gonu numbers uh and so two blocks and three aces yeah 33 points for this 22 year old that's 
that's that's some pretty special stuff. This 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 style matchup is really fun to watch for me. I mean, Thailand's a smaller team. They're crazy technical. They run their offense really fast. And uh, Turkey is quite the opposite. They're gigantic. They're they're big, physical. Uh, they we've criticized their lack of a left side presence, but they should be an outstanding blocking team. And all this stuff uh, made this a pretty good matchup. And you're right, Everett. We did actually get pretty good scoring output out of the Turkish outsides. The Hande Baladin was good, and the Turkish middles were good. But somehow Thailand's offense was even better. And it comes down to their ability to pass the ball. And that was, I think, the difference between Thailand versus Turkey the other day and Thailand versus Poland today. Thailand passed the ball phenomenally well against Turkey. I wish, man, it's just criminal that we don't have actual, actually good passing numbers. Uh, Ajara Porn, it looks like she passed 46% perfect, which is really good. Uh, I, but I don't really believe these passing numbers on the Volleyball World website. I don't know what to make of those, but just watching the match, they seemed to be in system a huge percentage of the time. And against a block of Turkey's caliber, you've got to do that. Conversely, Thailand against Poland today did not pass the ball well at all. Uh, Poland actually outpassed Turkey today or outpassed Thailand today, which we'll talk about in a minute. And that that is the thing that's going to allow a great blocking team like a Turkey or a Poland that has a size advantage over Thailand to use that if, is, if you can keep Thailand out of system. And Poland did that today. Turkey could not do that the other day. And this match was extremely close, but I was really, really impressed by the Thai offense. Yeah, and I mean, on the on the Pol- uh, Turkish side of the net, we have to talk about uh, uh, Karakurt as well. She was she was all right in this one. Uh, that efficiency is probably floating, floating more around uh, 300 uh, after that. So an all right job. It seemed like in this one, and I didn't. It was the first match of the tournament. It was on early in the morning. I've watched clips. Of, I watched the highlights and watched uh, a few sets of it. It seemed like as as Turkey was Turkey was playing pretty well, but it, ultimately it was just really Thailand that were just clicking together as a team. The, the the sets that Turkey did well in, like Turkey won, they did very well and they dominated. But the sets that that Thailand uh, won were just working together as a team and. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's kind of a peaking too early for Thailand in this one. Yeah, there there might be something to that. And then Poland certainly figured him out later on in the tournament. But we've got some questions in the chat. Like, why does the Turkish team choke? Why is this team not good in clutch situations? And I, I don't really know the answer to that. I think part of it is that their offense becomes predictable. Uh, because they don't, even though I think their left sides played better offensively this match, they still don't have that level of trust in them to go in key offensive moments to anybody but Karakur. I think that definitely hurts them. And we got to remember this, this Turkish women's team is still kind of new to being like a world championship 100%. contender. They're still learning how all this works. Uh, winning is a learning curve and winning in a fifth set and when, when it's tight is definitely a learning curve and they're not quite there yet it's why I, I definitely would not pick them to win the tournament I, I would actually be surprised if turkey meddled even though they might have the talent yeah. to do so they're 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 a couple of years away from from being at that clutch level where i really trust them in late game situations yeah i 100 percent agree with that and that's such a good point that when you're looking at the other best teams in the world like the usa's the serbia's the china's uh the brazil's these are teams that have historically been very very good in volleyball and they know how to win uh, whereas Turkey's 
kind of new to the game. And I think they've done a phenomenal job at building up their culture and, and building up a fantastic league on, underneath them and, and supporting this, this women's national team financially. And, and they have good athletes, but let's be honest, their best player is still only 22 years old. Right. And while it doesn't feel like that with, with character because she's been around for so long and she's been such a, a, a presence in, in the volleyball world as a whole, like she's still yeah I, th- I think that's a good point so i mean turkey is obviously going to make it out of this pool uh th- that's that's not going to be a concern but they will and they'll probably even make it out of the, out of the next round of pools but th- this was a good match and is definitely worth talking about because it was probably the only upset on paper thus far uh let's talk about the dominican republic for a second now they haven't played anybody really yeah. very good just yet. Uh, they did beat Croatia today, and they did so in a sweep, which I thought was pretty impressive. Uh, but what, who was their other match against? Uh, who else did they beat? Sorry, let me look. It was it was probably Korea. Uh, who yes, was yeah, they they, they three owed Korea as everybody does. If you don't do that, you're you might as well you might as well fly home. But the Dominican Republic, I thought without Bethania de la Cruz today, they didn't even need to play her. I thought they looked great. I liked their offense against Croatia. I liked how physical they were. I liked their blocking game. I I was kind of impressed. I mean, hey, let's let's be honest here. That Croatian team is still a pretty good team. Let's remember yeah. they're a VNL team for next year. They beat Belgium in the Challenger Cup. That's a good Croatian team, and the Dominican made them look average. Honestly, I'll be perfectly honest. I don't know if it's with they were playing without uh, Bethania de la Cruz or just saying like I think this may have been their best lineup. La Pena yeah, and uh, Martinez on the on the right. is an absolute monster. I know she she used to be their opposite, but they have Gonzalez there now on the opposite, the the lefty. Lefty. This is a really really physical team, and I think they're going to give a lot of teams a lot of problems. Um, and you are going to really need to pressure them uh, in in serve and and really put them in a lot of pressure uh, in in. In, in serve receive to really put them off. But at the same time, they have three solid outsides everywhere and they already pretty much run a high ball offense. So even if you do put them out of system, you're not really giving them much of a, much of a disadvantage anyway, because gigantic Pena is a great jumper and I really like Gonzalez's arm. So yeah, like this, this Dominican team, I think is, is, you know, much to your discredit, Rob, and picking them to not even move on from from this stage last week. I think this Dominican team is a team to watch and could be an, a, a potential upset team, much like yeah. much like Cuba. You gotta gotta watch out for those Caribbean nations. Yeah, the Las Salinas del Caribe, the the queens of the Caribbean, as as the Norseca Instagram likes to call them. Uh, Brenda Castillo being back is enormous. Uh, they've been missing that that great libero presence. I, you made a really good point about them not running that fast of an offense anyway. Their offense is built around physicality and offensive range. I, I like the way that all three of their wing attackers turn the ball down the line and in and out of system. I think they've got good range in that way, and they don't have to pass the ball in front of the three-meter line to be very good at that. So uh, they are going to be kind of a tough out. Uh, you will have to do a great job blocking against them to beat them. But they've also had an extremely favorable schedule so far. I mean, they got to start against Korea. And then they got to play Croatia. Those are the, the two weakest teams in this pool. And while Croatia is a little disappointing so far, uh, their schedule has been hard. They had Poland the first night. They took a set but couldn't do more. And then they kind of fell flat against the Dominican Republic today. So I'm very curious because Dominican Republic has three remaining tough games, uh, Turkey, Poland, and Thailand in that order. 
And that's going to kind of tell me a lot about not only if, if they're going to make it out of the pool, which at this point I think they will, but if they can do some damage in the next round. Yeah, uh, I think they're going to beat Turkey, lose to Poland, and lose to Thailand. That's that's what I that's what I think from uh, from the, the Dominican Republic. And I mean, can we talk about how disappointing Korea is right now? Like that's they're an so absolute bad. joke. I so think bad. The FIVB needs to reassess Korea's role, like place in the volleyball world, and take them out of being a, a core team of the VNL because. It's terrible. Four teams that you know, like, are good on both the women, men, and women's side, but the they're out here just getting pounded by these teams, and not even the best teams in the world, right? Like, not average teams, like pretty good teams, but they're just getting absolutely demolished. Like, they're putting up the similar set scores to African nations against the best European European teams. Korea, get out of here! Like, be better. This is embarrassing. It's bad, and it's it's hard to watch. It's it's like. They honestly might be less competitive than China was in the men's world championship, and that team was horrible too. It's 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 rough, and I agree. It's uh, again criminal that Belgium uh, got relegated instead of this Korean team. Uh, one more match I want to talk about in Pool B. Ever it's from earlier today. I alluded to it. A uh, Poland at home because they for some reason played a match in the Netherlands before going back to Poland. Poland at home destroys Thailand. They completely destroyed them today. 25-17, 25-17, 25-17. I mean, that is the definition of an hour and a shower, uh, an hour and eight minutes in the official stat report. Here's the only stat that matters. 16 blocks for Poland to Thailand's one. Enough said. Man, CCI yeah, I was eight. <laughs> Crazy. I was watching this game with my girlfriend, and she even, like, you know, my dancer knows about like just from from watching with me and she was even noticing like man poland's block is just absolutely crushing thailand it's hard to believe that the thai team that played today against poland is the same thai team that opened up the tournaments against turkey and and won that that fantastic match i don't know if maybe it was the travel or whatever it is they just looked off and it was weird too at moments they'd make like weird errors and stuff like that and just kind of be like laughing about it. I mean, hey, good for you. Like you're you're being positive about your mistakes, but you're here getting throttled in the world championships. Their, their maybe body language is, yeah, their body language is weird. And I, I'm not familiar with Southeast Asian culture, so maybe there's something to that, but it's it's odd that they can be destroyed and or be getting destroyed and not seem to feel any competitive fire. You're supposed to hate getting destroyed in a world championship and doesn't seem like they do but yeah I, I think the differences were i mean obviously blocking but it came from polish service pressure i think lavarini did a good job scouting how to serve this thai team and then the home crowd certainly helped i thought good answer showed out today yeah i mean and hey we have to talk about magdalena stiziak of course they, they have no smarzek for this tournament they just they're just riding on stiziak and hey she was fantastic 18 for 27 eight blocks uh, in this it one, is crazy. yeah, was an absolute monster, and she's already establishing herself as 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 I I think she has the ability here to establish herself as one of the best right sides in the world. Um, it, this it's, is a big tournament for her. Hundred uh, percent. Didn't have all that good of a club season. She didn't play starting level minutes for Monza, and when she did play, she only had a, a couple bright spot games and spent a lot of time on the bench and. Without the question mark at opposite with Smarzek not around, it's her tournament at right exactly. side for Poland, like without question. And we'll take a look at the like the individual scoring performances for the tournament so far later on. But she's right up there with Egonu, 
Boscovich character like exactly up there amongst those elite opposites where I think she belongs. And uh, eight blocks certainly helps. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, eight blocks is absolutely ridiculous. And I I, I lost you a little bit there, Everett. But we'll we'll jump on the the upcoming matches for this pool before we move on. Uh, we've here's what we've already seen so far. Let's see. Uh, coming up tomorrow, tomorrow Wednesday, the twenty eighth. Uh, Thailand versus Croatia could be pretty competitive. That might be the match that will decide fourth place in the pool. Maybe uh, if Croatia, I think it will. Yeah, if Croatia has a chance, they've got to beat either Thailand or Turkey, and I think Thailand's the better matchup for them. So that mm-hmm. match will be good. Uh, Turkey versus Dominican Republic could be very, very good. And then Poland versus be one Poland. of the. I think that will be one of the most competitive matches we we've seen so far. Could right? definitely I, I think be, be a really good one. Both really physical teams, too. It's going to be a slugfest. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Poland versus Korea, don't bother. Uh, save yourself an hour. Don't bother watching that. Uh, Thursday, Korea versus Thailand, same thing. Don't bother. don't bother. Turkey versus Croatia, good match. Poland versus Dominican Republic, good match. I mean, there's four, really five, like good or com- at least competitive teams in this pool. It's Any match that doesn't involve Korea is very much worth watching. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, not wrong, wrong about no. that. Of course you're not, I'm not. No, you're not wrong. Absolutely not wrong. Nope. I'm, I, we're, this is the beauty of Volleyball Source Ever. This isn't like an official Volleyball World production, but God forbid, because their YouTube channel got hacked the other day. But uh, we're, we're allowed to acknowledge the fact that some teams are terrible. And Korea is terrible. Korea uh, is, is terrible. terrible. I'm like, I'm even, I thought they were bad and I'm still disappointed at how bad they actually are. Yeah, I mean, I think you made the point on last week's show. Like, they're still like a good volleyball country and a good volleyball system, and I agreed with you. But they put on just a pitiful. I'm, doubt, I'm doubting myself right now. Awful. <laughs> anyway, uh, last but not least, on Saturday we get Dominican Republic versus Thailand, and then Poland versus Turkey. A huge rivalry game there, uh, like kind of prime time game on Saturday afternoon if you're in North America. So uh, that one's going to be fun. Uh, anything else about Pool B, the Pool of Death, before we move on? Well, actually, who's your who? Other than Korea, who doesn't make it out of this pool? Croatia. Exactly okay. Who I, exactly. Cool. I I called that a week ago, and I'm still on that tip so far, like so hard. Like at the end of the day, even if Croatia does beat Thailand, right? Thailand's going to beat Korea, and they're still they're still going to be in a pool uh, in a tie there, right? And you're going to tell me that maybe I think Thailand can get another win in this in this in, in this pool and. Like a, like a lost in the disadvantage of, of having lost or won that one in, in five. But yeah, I, I think Thailand's going to beat Croatia, and I, I, I don't think Croatia's going to move on. Like, especially today, like Fabrice with only 11 points, you had four Dominican hitters who hit, hit, better, hit better than her. No, I don't think Croatia has, has what it takes to, to play at this level long term. I th- I think that they they certainly don't yet, but I d- other than the Korea match, I think they're gonna win one more in this pool, and it very well may be Thailand tomorrow. So I'm actually okay. gonna pick Croatia to survive and Thailand to miss it because of the win in five and the three set like crushing loss today. I mean the standings aren't in their favor unless they win at least at least at least one more match. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but this pool has been really competitive. But it's been fun to watch and. Like I said, any any of these matches coming up that don't involve Korea are going to be very much worth watching. Uh, shall I move on to our pool, Everett? The pool where both your and my countries are. Pool C. 
And uh, fortunately for me, I will open the floor to you, Everett, by saying that I do not have to sing your national anthem on this week's show because the United States destroyed Canada three sets to zero the other day. Pretty competitive at, at times, uh, but yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty dominant. Uh, I won't lie, you guys are looking fantastic right now. As to be expected, and despite the zero and two and zero and six record uh, in sets by Team Canada, I'm actually not too not too displeased with how they're playing. I think they're actually playing pretty good. They've 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 been able to keep up and been been competitive in both the matches that they've played so far. And to me, the tournament starts now. The big the next three matches are the ones we need to win to be able to to move on. These two are just two warm ups. You know, we get the monkey off the uh, the tournament favorites right away. You're going to get your licks in, and it's time to run a bit. So, overall, not, not too displeased by by uh, by my Canadian team so far. Yeah, I mean they had they had to play two medal favorites immediately to start the tournament. That's a, a, a very tough break, and I agree with you. The the, the tournament definitely starts now. Uh, before we move off that USA Canada match, man, I wish I'd done the math on our offensive efficiency overall. It was it was sky high, like about 400 as a team for the U.S., which for the women's game is off the charts eight blocks seven aces uh ali franti looks really really good uh, i like what i've seen from the u.s so far i mean we beat canada 3-0 we destroyed kazakhstan 3-0 uh but we've had very much the opposite schedule i'm curious to see what happens to the united states once we get a little bit more of a challenge uh, without any offense to canada we just have more talent than canada does right now uh, so against Bulgaria, Germany, Serbia, in that order, I think the U.S. has the schedule, the schedule that will continue to ramp up the intensity that it demands of the Olympic gold medalists, and I'm curious to see how they react to that. So I don't really, honestly, I don't have that many other takes about Team USA so far because the two matches that they've played, it's not really that easy to pull any conclusions out of that. I mean, they, they took care of business and on to the next one. They are just going steadily down the stream right now as the United States. It's they've got one goal in mind, and it's that that final round, and everything up to that is just literally just a business trip. You go in, you go out, you do what you need to do, and nothing more, nothing less, uh, and you get it done. Um, like you know, this is the level they play at practice, probably, and they're, they're showing up now. Like they've just been really, they've just been so good and and so solid so far. As you said, nothing to say. Right. So uh, elsewhere in this pool, I mean, I don't think we expect Kazakhstan to win any matches. Uh, Canada will get uh, a favorable matchup against Kazakhstan on Thursday. Uh, Got to win that one, obviously. But then the battle for the second, or sorry, the third and fourth place spots in this pool, as I think we expect uh, Serbia and the United States to finish one too, pretty competitive because uh, we got Germany and Bulgaria both there doing some pretty good things so far. I mean, Germany beat Bulgaria head to head. They beat them three to one looking pretty good. And then one of the, another one of the weird matches of the tournament so far, Bulgaria pushes Serbia to five uh, and grabs a crucial point in the standings off of it. I mean, I know they lost 15, nine in the fifth, but Bulgaria for moments there looked very, very, very good. And like an actually complete team before, uh, eventually succumbing to Tiana Boscovich and company. But so, Everett, what do you think about Germany and Bulgaria? Which one would you say is an easier matchup for your Maple Volleys? Um, I mean, I know we beat Bulgaria this year, so let's go with that. But we beat Germany last year. I think in both cases, especially with, with Germany, they just don't have, like, 
they may be a better team through and through, but I, I don't tr- truthfully believe that. But, you know, they don't have the, the, the players at the level of uh, Alexa Gray or Kira Van Rijk. You know, both of those athletes are, are athletes who have been playing at the you know, we've seen what she's done in the past at, at the Champions League. And same thing with, with Kira Van Rijk. She's done it in Italy. She's done it in Turkey, two of the best, best leagues in the world. Um, and yeah, I just don't really see that that from Germany. It's really going to be from for for Germany how well they work together as a team. Um, I think that Bulgaria, the result against Serbia is maybe more emotionally driven than pure skill and tactics. Um, it's two Balkan countries who know each other very well, and they're the the two biggest Balkan countries in volleyball. And I think out of a rivalry. Um, so yeah, I honestly think that Canada has a good shot against both of them. Um, I truly believe that I think we can go and get the third third uh, spot in this pool. Uh, but ultimately, it remains to be seen. We have to we have yet to see us really be competitive in a match. Um, so that's gonna that's gonna have to come first. Yeah, I, I think that's I, I understand uh, why you like the Bulgaria matchup. But what you haven't seen yet is Elitsa Vasileva. I mean, she's the the only X factor difference maker for this Bulgarian team. And she only plays big tournaments. She's basically their fate on Sokolov. She never plays unless it's a world championship or the Olympics or whatever. And uh, it's funny to see Atanasievich on the back of her Jersey after uh, marrying our, our very familiar Serbian opposite over the summer. Uh, but she looked great. I mean, she had four blocks against in the match against Germany, uh, led the team in attacking. Let's see what were her numbers against against Serbia. Yeah, another 17 points, decently efficient. I mean, that's the one sort of character that, that Canada hasn't seen yet. I'm curious that's to see how they, def- yeah. how they defend against her. I do want to shout out Kira Van Rijk, though, because, I mean, I've watched her play a lot, but the there was there were just some things that she was doing pure arm talent-wise in the match against the United States that were crazy, crazy impressive. I was like, whoa, like, quickly sitting back in my chair at a couple of the shots that she hit. There were a couple like inside cross her shoulder, hard cross balls. And then there was a really nice, like got her feet to the inside and like snapped one high down the line to zone five where nobody was there. There's some pretty nice things going on there. I am worried about Canada having Alexa Gray be too much of a serving target. The U S served her off the floor. And I think they may have provided a blueprint for other teams to do the same. But traditionally Alexa Gray isn't a terrible passer. She's traditionally a terrible passer against the United States. And I mean, I do think that like, like just, just for people to know there is some history there. And I mean, um, like Alexa Gray went to the USAV, like HP camps. Like she was, like she, she could be that her, her sister Jordan plays rugby for team USA. Um, and she straight up asked Karch if she saw herself uh, on team USA and Karch straight up said, no. Now, whether or not he regrets that to this day, probably not. They've won an Olympic championship, <laughs> right? But I do think that there is maybe a bit of a, a mental game by uh, Alexa. And this is, once again, this is, this is all of my own perception, uh, right? This isn't from any like insider knowledge or, or anything like that. Um, so I think that there's maybe a bit of a mental game. And I wonder if Karch plays on that. Because, you know, it's, it's clear who Canada's best player is. It's clear who's going to be getting the majority of balls, especially if you start to go out of system. And it's clear who they need to break if, if they need to do it. And, and, it's, and it's Alexa Gray, you know. I, I think that's just, just how they, they do it. But I do think against teams who aren't as good serving uh, through and through, like the United States is, like, that's another part of it. The United States is a phenomenally good serving team. And, 
you know, Alex Gray is used to getting targeted in, in Italy as well. And I'm, I'm confident she's going to be able to do it, especially against the likes of, of Germany, Kazakhstan, and Bulgaria. No matter how good Vasileva, Atasievich, whatever she calls herself now, is there's still five other players on that team who need to serve. I, I think that's a pretty fair point. Uh, Want to talk about Germany for a little bit? I think they've looked okay. I think Hannah Ortman looks pretty good. I like Marie Schultz still in the middle. But can uh, I love Lena Stegro. I saw her play in Italy a bunch this year. Can this team... like? I, I think Germany's going to make it out of the pool. The, the win over Bulgaria head-to-head was huge. Do I see Germany having really any upset potential over a team like the U.S. or Serbia or, I don't know, whoever they're going to play in the next round? Uh, they cross over against Pool B. They might. They have, like, the Turkey-Poland pool. I don't know. I, I don't see the that high of a ceiling for this German team. I think they've played clean enough volleyball so far. Uh, they're, but they're gonna. They're about to get the United States again. They're about to get Serbia, and they're about to get Canada. So their road is about to get tougher. Yeah, I mean, I do see Germany almost kind of like a little version of the men's team. Like the women's, the women's team is a little version of, of the men. They're they're is all right but even then she's only got 13 points in these in these past two matches so yeah like you know i, I don't I'm, I'm not scared of germany uh the re- the reality is is that if you show up and play your game against them you're gonna win right and if you show up and make a lot of errors they're gonna win that's 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 what that's how i you know yeah break down germany. True. you can't give them that many free points uh, this is a, a lot of a lot of confidence for uh, your your Canadian perspective, Everett, and given how the men's world championship went, I certainly hope it goes better for you this time. You know what? You got to fake it <laughs> till you make it sometimes. All right. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Uh, last but not least, I want to talk about Serbia. Uh, so Serbia, I mean, they're a medal contender, but they did like in kind of inexplicably go to five against Bulgaria. Serbia is significantly better than Bulgaria. They get Tiana Boscovic back, but they just didn't really look that good they didn't look that clean uh, let me pull boscovich's numbers up from that match uh i mean bianca bush outscored her by a lot uh boscovich had 22 uh 22 for 49 five errors it's not bad that's uh yeah not, not bad it's about 300 efficiency if i'm doing the math off the top of my head correctly uh i thought bulgaria did a good job against her defensively and i'm not super impressed with what i'm seeing from either of Serbia's setters. I actually somebody in the chat do me a favor and confirm this if I'm right about this, but I think their starting setter got hurt. Uh, I think Bojana Dirza is gonna have to set the rest of this tournament. I'm not not certain about that. Uh, let me know. Yeah, uh, Brankicha Mihailovic is back. That's nice, but uh, I do think that they've got a little bit of a setter problem, and they're gonna miss Maya Onyanovic more than ever. Yeah, I mean, hey, I still think Maya Onyanovic is is world class, one of the best setters in the world. So she's the- awesome, but she's not on the roster. Yeah, I thought that she's not a huge blow to the Serbian team, um, and kind of makes me question if they have what it takes to, to win. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do think that this Serbian team is a little bit like Italy and a little bit like the Frenchmen in the sense that they are extremely talented, supremely talented, and they have the ability to switch it on, um, and may have the tendency to fall asleep at times and i think that's maybe a little bit what we saw against bulgaria yeah fair enough i just think that of the elite opposites in the game and i've I've had this take for a little while i've gotten some heat for this but i'm going to stand by it of the elite opposites in the game and i'm talking a go new hack boscovich like i think that that 
those three are in a class above the rest. And I would argue that Agono is in a class above those other two. But I think that Boscovich of those three great opposites is the most defendable. It doesn't mean that you can stop her, but it means that there's it's an it's more tactically possible to set up a block and defense against Boscovich than it is to set up a block and defense against Hacker Igonu. And Hack's not in this tournament, but Igonu is, and she will make blockers and defenses look invisible because of her contact point and her angles. Boscovich is high, hard, deep, mostly deep cross court all the time. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. The way that the United States played Serbia in the Olympic semifinal last year wrote the book on defending against Tiana Boscovich, and I really think that other teams have started to figure that out. Now, Serbia has helped themselves by giving themselves a better supporting cast around her than they had last year at the Olympics. I think their outside hitter level is significantly better than it was a year ago, but I still think that of those three great, great opposites, uh, two of which are in this tournament, Boscovich is the easiest to defend against. And I think that teams will get their coaching matchups and understand the the Serbian matchup and how to set up against it a, a little bit better or more effectively than playing against uh, Egono, for example. I also think that she's a little bit of a defensive liability. And I mean, she's played, what, eight sets this tournament and still has no blocks so far? Like, that's not that's not great numbers out there for someone who's played every single point for for their nation. So yeah, I I think you're exactly right that she is probably the most defendable. But at the same time, I think that she does have the ability to turn it on and be absolutely lethal at times. But uh, but yeah, you're definitely right. I think she's she's the most defendable. But at the end of the day, if you do have Busa. Uh, showing up you have Malhala Halovich who's going to be able to be there to to take a little bit of, of the load off um, I think you're right it's, it's really going to come down to how well Dursa is able to to set this team now yeah I Serbia is still obviously a metal favorite metal contender I still think they're going to see the United States in the semifinals and uh, one of those teams is probably going to very well may win this entire tournament so uh, Serbia versus USA later on in pools will be fun but it won't Certainly won't be the the meaningful of the matchups that those two probably play in this tournament. Uh, speaking of the schedule for the rest of the way in Pool C, uh, there's actually a little bit of a travel break right now. So we had matches yesterday. Uh, nothing today, nothing tomorrow, but matches on Thursday because this is another one of those weird pools that started in the Netherlands and now is going to Poland. So uh, Thursday we get Canada versus Kazakhstan, uh, 7 a.m. Eastern. That's a must win uh, for Canada, of course. Serbia versus Germany could be okay. Uh, United States versus Bulgaria could be okay, honestly. Then uh, Friday, Serbia, Kazakhstan, don't bother. Bulgaria, Canada, huge one for both of those teams. USA versus Germany. And then Saturday, uh, Bulgaria versus Kazakhstan, Germany versus Canada, and then the probable semifinal preview of United States versus Serbia. So I think it's pretty clear to say that this one and Pool B are the most balanced, competitive top to bottom and will produce the best matches in this first round of pools. Without a doubt. Uh, I mean, I think, hey, that last day on October 1st is going to be a good one with the Germany-Canada game at 9 a.m. And then the the USA-Serbia game to follow. I mean, it'll be 10 a.m. 
and one 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 p.m. for uh, for us on the east yeah, in the eastern time zone. So this, but, uh, uh, the times that you're seeing right here are my times. I'm in Chicago. That's Central Time. So if you're on the East Coast, uh, add an hour to these. Or if you're on the West Coast, subtract two hours from these. Yeah, exactly. And if you're in the middle of the country, in, in between those two things, you don't really matter. No, I'm completely <laughs> joking. There's too many. There's too many people from those provinces and end states who are going to get take that really offensively. Alberta, I'm looking at you specifically. Get, get in the chat, our Alberta friends, and I'll let Everett know how wrong he is. Uh, all right, let's move on to the last pool. Uh, the pool that's been just complete chalk so far absolutely nothing interesting here in pool d uh brazil did drop one set to the czech republic that is literally the only item of news i have in this pool uh i mean there's such a separation after brazil china japan then czech republic argentina colombia i think we expected a little bit better out of colombia they have not looked good so far but a big one in this pool is japan versus china head-to-head tomorrow morning huge 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 match there yeah i i think so too um and i think it's really going to be indicative of kind of where where things are going like it seems like these are two teams who are trending in opposite directions right now and china has been historically one of the best teams for for a long time and i just haven't really seen it from them it's been really really good uh, at times but ultimately like I'm going to give advantage to Japan because this is an early tournament match, and we all know that Japan is way better in the early goings of an event than than later on. So, yeah, I'm giving advantage to, to Japan uh, on this one tomorrow morning. Okay, fair point. I mean, but both of those teams, China and Japan, haven't played anybody good yet. China beat Argentina and Colombia. Japan beat Czech Republic and Colombia. Uh, Li Yingying looks pretty good. Uh, she might be the new primary scorer for China, but they still don't have Zhu Ting. That's still obviously going to put a ceiling on their hopes that maybe a medal, but uh, I think that Japan versus China head to head is going to be fun and could be a passing of the torch as far as like prominent East Asian teams go. Uh, we've still got to talk about Brazil. I still think they're the favorite to win this pool. Uh, who do they have coming up? They have uh, Colombia tomorrow, then Japan on Friday and China on Saturday. So still plenty of good matches to come up for Brazil. Gabi looks awesome so far. No surprise there. And uh, honestly, I have nothing more to say about this pool. I will, I'll be honest with, with all of you. I have yet to watch a match in this pool. The, the matchups have not been good on paper, and they have not been good on the score sheets after the fact either. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I tend, to, tend to agree with you. Um, ultimately, like, I don't think China or Japan are even metal threats in my eyes. No, 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 like, no, no. no way. If either of them gets to to the semifinals, which I think is a huge stretch. Like maybe even getting to the, like, I think getting to the quarterfinals for both of them will be, will be, will, will be something good. I think they both do it during it's 16 teams that make it to the court. Sorry. It's still 18. Oh, it's only eight. But, still, but uh, yeah. I, yeah, I think one or both uh, can make the round of eight, but whichever one that is, is almost definitely going to play Italy uh, in that first round. Then they're going to lose. And so it, I mean, like we talked about last week, the way that the that's so second round of pools like stay on opposite sides of the bracket the whole time. We kind of already know that one semifinal is going to be Serbia versus the United States, and the other semifinal is going to be Italy versus Brazil. And if something other than that happens, it would be downright crazy. But uh, Japan and China both could do themselves some serious, serious favors in avoiding that hard first round matchup if either of them can beat Brazil in pools. And so I think there's kind of a lot of stakes on those matches coming up the next couple of days. Yep. 
Absolutely. And I mean, I don't think, I don't see it from China, but maybe Brazil or maybe Japan, maybe Japan could take, take down Brazil. Uh, the credit to you for, for, for at least seeing the possibility of that. Uh, I do not. I think that uh, Brazil is. <laughs> I said really... me over here. You know. Yeah, you saw the. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not giving it the stamp of the approval for sure. All right, so let's let's look at the schedule for the rest of Pool D, and hopefully this pool gets a little bit better. Uh, tomorrow, September 28th, yeah, China versus Japan, 8:15 a.m. Eastern. Good one there. Uh, that's probably the best singular match. The rest of this pool. Uh, Brazil take care of Colombia, no problem. Uh, Argentina, Czech Republic could be a battle for fourth. Then on, let's see, is there a travel break in there too? No, just a random day off for no reason on Thursday. So uh, Friday, Brazil versus Japan could be pretty good. Saturday, Brazil versus China could be pretty good. And this is one of the only pools that's playing anything on Sunday. Uh, just cleaning up with Japan and Argentina on this Sunday, October 2nd. Yeah, I really don't see anything much that like is going to make me no. jump off my seat to, to want to watch in there. Japan versus China, like if I'm up, maybe but that one that one eh, it'll start at eight a.m. So yeah, like that, that could be my morning match for sure. Um, I think the Brazil versus Colombia match will be interesting. I know that Colombia beat Brazil a few years ago at the South American Championships. Um, Brazil had a few of their their main team members there, but. Novel. It was kind of a mix of an A, a team and a B team, so maybe that that one could be interesting. Interesting, but yeah, no, I I, I don't really see is it the these pool D matchups. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Brazil's the the class of the pool. I think they'll they'll have a pretty easy time uh, until their kind of crossover pool when they will almost definitely play Italy, and that'll be fun. So uh, I think that's it for the pools, Everett. How about let's let's see if I can make this work on the screen. If I can make this uh, appear half decent, um, trying to pull up the individual scoring leaders so far. All right, that's cut mm-hmm. off a little bit. How about that? That look okay? Yeah, yeah. that looks great. There we All go. All right. All right. We'll roll with it. I'll also zoom in a little bit for the good people. Oh, great. Of course, this website's so broken that it doesn't. It, it cuts it off early. Uh, all right. Anyway, go away. Go away. No. What am I doing? <laughs> Don't worry, I did it. We're back. <laughs> there we go. There this we go. Not not the best uh, online database of all time. Uh, so here we are with the top scores in the tournament so far. Number one, Britt Herbot, sixty nine points, which is insane. Uh, I wish I had her number of attempts because surely it's off the charts. And then followed by immediately by I would say four of the five best opposites in the world: uh, Egonu, Boskovic, Stisiak, and Karakert in that order. And just because Isabel Hawk's not at this tournament, I think that right there is the top five uh, right side bombers on the planet. Uh, but a pretty big drop off after Egonu at 67 points down to Boscovich in third with 45. Yeah, I mean, both of those teams, both Italy and Belgium, rely so much on that on that one player. Italy, you know, you do have the, the advantage of having played a few easy games uh, and a lot of longer sets, especially that 30-28 one um against uh uh against Belgium today but yeah like Ogonu with 67 Bosetti's also up there but uh I just yeah I, I don't see any of these other teams really giving as many balls to uh to Boscovic or or, or Car- but they have they all played three games like uh Italy and Belgium uh no actually most of them have only played two which uh, certainly explains the drop off uh, but I mean, th- 
Herbots is obviously going to be Belgium's highest scorer. Egon is going to be Italy's highest scorer. Uh, and even when the pools catch up, I expect this 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 ranking to be pretty similar. But yeah, it's important to note that uh, Belgium and Italy have played three matches. The rest have played two. Uh, let's take a look at blockers. Uh, wow, uh, Jansen's the middle blocker for Belgium is leading the tournament with 14 blocks. That's a lot. Interesting. Uh, Denesi with 11. Corna uh, Luke, uh, formerly Konkolevska of Poland. She got married this summer. She has 10. Karakert with 10 is a lot. Stusiak, 9. Carol uh, for Brazil with 8. So some pretty nice blocking numbers so far across the board. Again, Jansen's and Denesi have played three matches. The rest have played two. 10 blocks in two matches is a lot. Uh, that is a nice blocking performance for Poland so far. Yeah, some of these block numbers are ridiculous. The like even being in double digit blocks after three matches is is a lot in my opinion. You know, averaging over a block a set is 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 pretty decent. So yeah, a know, block Jansen's, a set is is a lot. <laughs> That's a lot it's, it's, yeah, exactly. So Jansen's out here with fourteen blocks in what's like. That's, that's two blocks of sets. That's pretty fantastic for her. That's yeah. That, that's that's very very impressive. I uh, have six against Puerto Rico, six against Italy. It's <laughs> a lot of stuff blocks. Okay, uh, so I guess it wouldn't be. I guess it wouldn't be seven. It would be twelve. But still, yeah, they've played twelve sets. It's, yeah, good numbers there. I mean, I don't. There's not really that much to take out of these numbers just yet. I think the sample size is still too low. But sure enough, like as we see in the women's game, a decent amount when you have a team with a dominant attacker, usually your opposite, you're going to give her a ton of balls and she's going to score a ton of points. And so even after just two, maybe three matches, we've got five, uh, five attackers that no matter who you ask would come up quickly in lists of the best offensive players in the world at the top of the list. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. So uh, I just felt like showing that there's not really that much meaningful to take out of it. Uh, what else? What else do we need to cover on this here show, Mr. Everett? We talked about all the pools. We talked about the good matches coming up. Uh, we do want to point out that our next show will be Sunday evening. Uh, so this Sunday, October 2nd, will be our next show. And that will be right after the last day of pool play when all the matches have wrapped up and we know uh, who's moving through, like which 16 teams survive, which eight are going home. So that's the next show that we're going to do. Uh, but other than that, is there anything else we need to tell the good people about this tournament before we wrap it up? No, I think that's about it. I think we'll be covering everything. There's so much volleyball to be played in this tournament that uh, we've said it before. This one's a marathon, not a sprint. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, I feel like we're just really getting going now. Either the first few matches of the tournament have all been up to chalk. We've had like one upset. Everything else is like, you know, you could have you could have done it in a video game and, and this is probably exactly what would have happened. Yeah, I, I think it's going to get better from here. Uh, we've got some better matchups coming up, like we talked about. Uh, all of them on Volleyball World TV, if you're looking to watch, or uh, just all, all the info here on the Volleyball World Tournament website is where I'm pulling all this from. I really uh, think that that Turkey-Dominican match tomorrow, though, is going to be is going to be one to watch. That that's yeah. going to be that's going to be my my one my big one to watch uh, watch tomorrow on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm I'm more excited about that than I am for China versus Japan even, and I think that match could be pretty good too. So, uh, more good volleyball coming up. Uh, long tournament again, marathon, not a sprint. So we will be back on Sunday evening to break it all down once again. Uh, make sure you join the Volleyball Source Discord. Uh, the link is in the description of this video. It's the best online volleyball chat community in the world by far. Uh, and I don't think it's particularly close. So get in there, get active. Although we'll be talking a lot more uh, up to the second about all the matches that are going on. And, and uh, this week uh, when we do our show, or 
on Sunday when we do our show, I have a little bit more internet connectivity because this is this is this has been hard. I was just about to make that same point. I, I, I we've survived. I hope you you people haven't hated the show too much with being able to intermittently hear Everett, but hopefully we'll figure it out for next time. Uh, thanks for watching. I think that's about it. Uh, we'll see you on Sunday evening and in the Discord before that. Peace.